You know what? I love that song, but I got to tell you, I wish it was a lot longer because it seems like every single time we go to call Lavelli Neal III for his time slot, he is casually late. We got his voicemail again, so we're doing the live radio version of an ad lib, but we do have sponsors to give a lot of love to as well. That'll Absolutely. buy us some time for them. All right, so slow down, Dave. Got yes. it. Arola Architecture Studio, Brian. We are about to be six years old. Arola Architecture Studio has been with us I was going to say, boy, sake. do we act like it. But, yeah, shout out to Arola <laughs> Architecture great, Studio. Huh? Drawing lines with Vincey Glenn will come your way to close the show once again. OAR Holdings, Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier, HVAC authorized dealer, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Avenue 45, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Kohler Toyota, Kohler Hyundai, and Comfort Systems. Now, Brian, I have left a few of them out for a specific reason. Last night, we were uh, Julianne Vazicek and I were talking to the new assistant basketball coach, at Scholastica, we were talking about places to go to enjoy yourself, whether it be food or or breweries or whatnot. So we are sponsored by some of the best, right? We have Hoops Brewing, of course. We just got done talking to Dave. We have uh, Mont Royal Bottle Shop. In fact, we referenced a couple of uh, different locations, Tavern being one of them, by where they're located at. If you were at the if you were at the beer cave at Mont Royal Bottle Shop, right? Um, but Blackwoods were certainly the things we brought up. We brought up their location on London Road because that's where, you know, I go and Julianne was taking her parents there back in the day. The location in Proctor, Two Harbors, the Blackwater right downtown, which you talked about. And of course, obviously, we talked about Tavern on the Hill and said, if you're going to have pizza, well, you got to order Sammy's. If you had Sammy's yeah, yet, you got to get that done. I so. was going to say, Dave Hoops kind of avoided that because of the sponsorships that we do have. But you said pizza and beer. I'm getting Hoops beer and I'm getting Sammy's pizza. That's the bottom line. And finally, you know, if you're going to go fancy, right? If you're going to go fancy, you go to Pier B, right? Yes. You go to Silos. And so we. In fact, we a, I often do. We had a chance to talk about all of all of our advertisers last night when we were talking about places to go if you're excited about being in Duluth. So that was a world championship ad lib on the part of Dave Cook, giving love to our sponsors, but again, so deservedly so for all of them. We are now going to do the on-air equivalent to a live production meeting. This will be a moment of truth where we're either rambling on on Lavelli Neal III's voicemail or he's going to be there. So we talked about not always having success defined by a championship, but after Dave Cook's championship ad lib is Lavelli Neal III of the Star Tribune with us this morning. We're about to find out. Lavelle, good morning, sir. What is this Sammy's Pizza that you speak of? There's multiple locations here in Duluth. You've got to get up here. There's also locations on the range. Tell you what, you come up here, I will make Sammy's Pizza possible for you. The closest one for me is a handful of blocks from my home. Huh. All right. I've been to Duluth once. I guess I need to change that. I was yeah. going to say, it's time to, as they say in baseball, often enough, change the number, my friend. you got to do that. And just to tell you how long it was, we were shorthanded at the office, so I drove up to Duluth to cover Rick Rickard signing with the with the Gophers. I remember that. that. The time, that's the only time I've been to Duluth. Yeah, I remember that. And, that. and Rick has been on the show about as frequently, if not more, than you have. Rick and I are fairly good friends, and I, I think I might have given you his contact info before. So if you need it again, if you need Rick Rickard as an excuse to get here, I know Rick's not here, but his family is. We'll do whatever it takes to get you up into Duluth. But speaking of doing whatever it takes... The Twins, the effort was there. The results weren't. We talked about it the opening segment today. How do you define success? Because the minute the Twins got eliminated, we saw all the narratives of, you know, typical Twins falling short, typical Minnesota sports. Let's add up the number of seasons since we've last had a title. I get all that because there are facts behind that. But I didn't leave this season feeling empty or disappointed. Maybe disappointed because it was over, but not disappointed in the way this team played. Am I being too positive or am I right here? 
Well, it, my thing is this is that this whole blowback on the Twins about being a typical Minnesota sports team, I got problems with because who's the last team to win a championship in this town? Absolutely. And they did it twice in 87 and 91. Have the Vikings won the title? No. Have the uh, Wolves won the title? No. Have the, have the hockey team, North Stars, or Wild won the title? No. The Twins are the outlier. But still they get ripped and thrown into this other pot of, you know, of uh, of misery. Yes. Exactly. Um but two, if I'm not mistaken, and actually it's, um, it's exactly, I think it's almost exactly a calendar year. In the last calendar year, Loons kicked out of the first round of playoffs. Wow, kicked out of the first round of playoffs. Wolves kicked out of the first round of playoffs. Vikings kicked out of the first round of playoffs. Lynx kicked out of the first round of playoffs. Twins won a series. <laughs> so I, I, who, I just throwing, lumping the Twins in with all this mess I got problems with. You know, it's, to me it was a successful season until – as soon as they beat Toronto, they got out of the first round because I think people thought that the Twins had a good chance of winning a kind of a weak division. It didn't look that way during the first half, but they got on track the second half. Um, and then, you know, they looked like they were going to be a tough out because they've got a nice little one-two punch with Sonny Gray and, and Pablo Lopez. Uh, but, damn, the one thing that's killed them recently is that uh, they stopped hitting, you know. And, uh, you know, Rocco, Rocco Baldelli is an interesting cat, and the Twins are an interesting, uh, interesting organization because of what they uh, embrace. And they are the masters of the three true outcomes. And the three true outcomes are either you go up to the plate and have hit a home run, walk, or strike out. The Twins were in the top five in all three categories. I believe they were second in walks and first in strikeouts. I think they set a record in strikeouts. They did. And I think they were fifth, the fifth in homers. So they believe in that. And Rocco doesn't worry about the strikeouts as long as people are getting on base and hitting the heck out of the ball. But um, they stopped hitting the heck out of the ball in the postseason. So to me, that's got to be a uh, That's the one adjustment they need to make is find a couple guys who can be uh, reliable contact hitters to mix in with the boppers that they want. But it was a successful season. And people should be fired up for the future because they've got pieces yes. in play. Your ace starter is taken care of. Your closer is taken care of. Your superstar is shortstop is taken care of. And you've got a bunch of other cast, cast of characters there. You don't have to do heavy lifting to sustain this. You just need to make a couple of true moves. I would agree with that. Lavelle certainly gave us a lot to chew on there, Dave, and he's right. The way the season ended was a little more reminiscent of the games in June where this team was flailing quite literally. The wind would change, not just because we live on Lake Superior, but the number of swings and misses that we got out of the Twins offensively, and and that snuck back and bit them to end their season. But it is successful, and it is successful because of the youth movement that paid off. Yeah, you said something interesting, uh, Lavelle, and it's what I actually had written down that I want to ask you. The Twins really do feel like a bunch of parts. Right, you've got you've got your your superstar shortstop, you got your ace, you got your closer, um, and then you have a bunch of uh, pieces. You know, Royce is is not in that mix, but Kirilov's been in and out. We don't know about Ro- Royce could be though. Yeah, Royce could head in that direction. <laughs> yeah, he is. But Kepler, we don't know anything about. Taylor's gone. You know, you've got you know from Willie to um, Donny Bats and all that. Uh, just a whole bunch of parts. How do they bring back those parts or different parts and put it all back together for a run next year? You know, um, that's not easy. It's never easy because uh, there's always turnover from year to year. You can't just expect the same group of guys to show up. Um, and the one thing, you know, that the guy get the Twins credit for is that they attack because I, I normally something I hate is that they bring in people to be the fourth starter. They bring in someone to be a backup or be the fourth outfielder and say, we're building depth. The best way to build depth is to bring in 
someone who's a stud and push everybody down a spot. That's how you build depth, okay? But I have to give the Twins credit for attacking the bottom third of their roster because they, they traded for Kyle Farmer and they traded for uh, Michael A. Taylor and they signed Donovan Solano. And um, they picked up Willie Castro. And, you know, all those guys ended up, you know, having moments uh, where, you know, they made big contributions during the regular season. And I think the Twins are going to have to do that again because some guys are not going to be able to come back. You know, Taylor may want to f- find a, a, a multi-year deal. Um, I think Farmer's still, you know, around. Willie Castro's still around. And they're going to they're gonna lose some guys. So, and I still think they need one more bat, one more dangerous bat in that lineup. I don't know where it comes from. You know, Paul Goldschmidt wants to stay with the Cardinals, but the Cardinals may be the Cardinals may be interested in uh, kind of restructuring their roster. I may put them on the market. Uh, do you want Orhe Soler? Do you want um, Reese Hoskins? Do you want you know one of those people who have a history of being a masher to come in and play DH or first base? If they could find a 2019 version of Nelson Cruz, that would be perfect yeah. for uh, for them taking the next step. And I. I don't know. I don't think they're going to be able to sign Sonny Gray. There, there's a couple of issues there. Sonny liked it here. He would be open to staying, but usually when you enter free agency, you're going to want to be wine and dine. You want to be able to travel to different cities and different clubs and see what's best for you and your family. He's worked. He's worked years for that to happen. He's earned this right, and he's going to take advantage. And usually when that happens, someone's going to come in with a a baffle offer that it's going to be hard to refuse. The one thing about that that may be peculiar to this off season is that uh, the Bally Sports Network has got so many they got a lot of financial issues going on, and they may go under or may not be carrying games next year. That will affect about a dozen or fifteen teams in Major League Baseball, and people are predicting that if that does happen and teams are not going to get the tens of millions of dollars of revenue that they were expecting. That it could be, end up being a drag on the free agent market, which could help the Twins possibly retain Sonny Gray. So I'd, I'd watch that Bally negotiation uh, as they work through. It's Diamond Sports that owns Bally's, and I think they declare bankruptcy or whatever, and they're trying to work out an agreement to, to uh, satisfy their debts at the same time um, – it's still unclear if they're going to be carrying games at all next year. So that could affect the trade, the free agent market during the offseason. It'll definitely be impact, impactful. Let's say for a moment that it's not Sonny Gray next year. Does this team ride the momentum that they had and try to go out and sign another one or two starter? Or do we see everybody move up the pecking order? And if we do, I want to talk about two guys specifically. One would be Joe Ryan, who wasn't trusted beyond what, the second or third inning in that elimination game. And the other would be the most energetic guy during that elimination game, which was Chris Paddock. You've said multiple times, guys just don't come back from multiple Tommy Johns like that. But he looked awfully good. What happens to the pecking order if Sonny Gray is not in it? Well, I I wrote this for the Browns paper. My thing is this, is that now the Twins, have, they've caused a problem here because they've raised expectations. You can't just have like this one year of sunspot activity and all of a sudden just settle back into your normal mediocrity. You've got to take advantage of it. The window to compete is open now and the Paulette family needs to understand they need to add funds to make this team, 
a threat to not just make the playoffs, but maybe make a deep run. So I think they have to look for And that's one thing. You're not looking for an ace. Maybe you can either sign or trade for a guy who can sell him as a number two or a number three. You know, um, I think highly of Joe Ryan. Um, his numbers this year got weird as it went along. He was uh, he was great at the beginning of the year, and then after he had that groin issue, when he went to Atlanta and gave up five home runs, he had, wasn't the same. I still think he can develop into a quality guy. Um, I have to see Paddock over the long haul to be comfortable with him. I just the two times Tommy John Club has a history of not pitching well when they come back from the second surgery, but. I say that fully aware because Kenta Maeda had it too. Pitchers are now having the double procedure. They're having the Tommy John surgery and having the the um, primary repair surgery at the same time. So it's almost like elbow replacement now. You know, these guys are getting like new elbows. And, they got bionic you know, Maeda, pitchers, yeah. Yeah, Maeda, Maeda felt great after his surgery, and, you know, his stuff came back to like touching 92, occasionally 93. So maybe there's hope there that um, thanks to – uh, advancements in medicine that uh, you know that second surgery is not as debilitating as it has in the past. But I would still look for someone to sell in as a number two guy or at least a number three, strengthening that rotation. And I look for a bat as well. Um, they got trade pieces. I mean, Trevor Larnick and Jose Miranda, you know, are still young and still developing. They could be. They can end up on a team where they could flourish uh, if they're part of a deal. Now you got other guys coming up next year. You're probably going to see Brooks Lee and right. Austin Martin. Uh, Derek Falvey told me yesterday he raved about Martin's <laughs> defensive ability in center field to the point where I thought he may become Michael A. Taylor next year. You know, so um, there's like I said, they don't have to make a major move. They just have to make moves to strengthen the squad here. And that, that's that. Like when you have a, when you have your ace figured out, I mean that makes a lot of things easier here. So. This is tell, I think it's just doable that they could add on to this roster and and work to go even further in 2024. I agree with that. It's a unique situation for the Twins to actually have an ace in the hole, so to speak. They're ready for next year in that department. But speaking of being ready for next year, we talked about a number of guys and how will they come off surgical procedures or how did they? How will they is going to be a narrative already for two big names. Alex Kirloff, you could be looking at missing substantial time with the procedure that he's due for. Seems like every year it's surgery du jour with Alex Kirilov. Byron Buxton, you just talked about Martin. We're going to need that insurance policy in center field, somebody much better than Jake Cave used to be, and that's what Michael A. Taylor was this year. But what's the prognostication for Kirilov and for Buxton? Because the Byron Buxton moment in that elimination game, I made this very poor joke on a text thread during the game. The Twins were hoping for a Kirk Gibson moment. Instead, they got Debbie or Kyle. But what do you think is going to happen next season? Wow, that's just bad. And Kyle Gibson was on the playoff team this year, too. I know, but he's not much of a hitter last I checked. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I think that uh, – I think Buck's in the uh, – the Buck thing, you're going to have to wait, wait and watch. Unfortunately, because of his history, it's hard to predict the future with him uh, just because he has so many injuries. And, you know, this knee thing is like multiple-year thing now. See, I didn't know he was joining in 2021 and 2022, you know. We didn't know that until like a few months ago. And now uh, he's had to have another surgery, which they're hoping is going to alleviate the problem in that knee. The other thing about that is that when they did knee surgery last year on him, they discovered a cyst behind the kneecap, which they cannot remove because it's too close to nerves. So 
uh, it's going to be sitting in there. But they, I think they're, they, they're, they remove part of a flap or something that's in the knee. That's going to make things easier on them. And hopefully it comes back because, you know, you start having multiple knee surgeries, you're worried about things being chronic, you know, and then that's going to affect his ability to run. And we saw Byron Buxton, who's unable to run, uh, you know, and play outfield, he's less than half of a player because he hates being a DH. He doesn't know what to do with between the bats. He can't go out and use his great defense to, you know, make plays and save runs, and that could also that could actually have a psychological positive effect on your offense when you're you're, you're still finding ways to impact the game without getting a hit. Um, so it's it's really a big conundrum with, with Buck, and we're gonna have to wait and see on that one. Karloff should be fine after this labrum surgery. Um, I mean, I've covered a lot of players who've had shoulder surgeries. You know, pitchers are definitely more of a worry than position players. But, you know, now Kirillov's had like three years where he's had wrist injury, wrist injury, and shoulder injury. I was going to say, talk about a guy that needs a bionic arm. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pro Kirillov, too. I think the guy can hit, but he's not a pro to first baseman. Not a, he may be average at best defensively, but you don't want to, you don't want to watch, you don't want him to play the outfield. You do not want Alex Kirillov in the outfield. You just mm-hmm. don't. Okay? So, his one spot is, is first base or DH, but I, I tell you, man, um, based on where the Twins are at and what they could be, if if there is a first baseman out there who can hit, I like a, or Paul Goldschmidt wants to come over here, I will look into it. I would uh, because they need reliability and they need run production. And as much as I like Kirillov, uh, these past three years have given me some pause here about uh, being able to rely on him for 150 games a year. No question about that. We are chatting with Lavelli Neal III, Star Tribune columnist, talking about the baseball season that was for the Minnesota Twins, but obviously there's still a baseball season left for a number of teams. I want to talk to you, Lavelle, about basically who you got now because the Houston Astros, ironically, because it was against Minnesota and it just added to the narrative, they were the only team with the bye to move on, which is just awkward. You've got teams like the Rangers and Diamondbacks who really aren't supposed to be here but haven't lost a playoff game. Who do you got in this? I know who I'm going to be rooting for, but who do you think actually comes through? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. That's a great Every question. Once in a while. Never underestimate the heart of a champion, and that's what Houston is. And uh, I, I like the way that team set up. Um, the trade for Verlander was huge because Houston went to the season thinking that Framber Valdez and and uh, Jose Urquidy were going to be like the number one and two guys with uh, with uh, Garcia like a three, but the other two guys had their moments when they struggled, so they traded for Verlander. Um, that rotation is built for the postseason. They have a capable bullpen. And um, I added it up. I think since the Astros run to the postseason, they have played 90 playoff games during the seven-year run to the ALCS. I think the Twins have played 12. I say, that's stretch. incredible. And, and, and uh, Altuve and Bergman have been there for all those games. So they're battle-tested. You know, they're not going to crumble in big situations. Um Texas is supremely talented. Corey Seager may be the best hitter. Well, I can't say that because they have Jordan Alvarez. <laughs> I will say Corey Seager matches Jordan Alvarez as the most dangerous offensive force um, in that series. Um, the pitcher staff can be hit and miss. And I tell you what, you have Aurora's Chapman in the bullpen, you don't know what the hell you're going to get. You know, he can come in and, and throw darts and get people out, and he can also implode. He's given up some huge home runs in the postseason in his career. All right? Um, They've got to get luck. I'm a big fan of Jordan Montgomery. His ball moves unlike any pitcher I've seen 
any left-handed pitcher I've seen in the last 20 years. That guy has got some filthy stuff, and he's going to be uh, something to deal with for the Astros. But I would still take Houston's pedigree over uh, Texas. And in the National League, we got the Diamondbacks against Phillies, right? Right. Um, that's going to be a crazy series. Um, trying to win at Philadelphia with that crazy-ass fan base, that's going to be hard. That's the um, nicest way I've well, heard them Bryce described. Is, Bryce is feeling it, too. <laughs> yeah. uh, Diamondbacks are a different squad, man. I think they led the league in sacrifice hits. Right. I think they bunt a lot. They move guys around a lot. And their best player is probably their smallest player in Corbin Carroll, who may be 5'6". That kid's unreal. <laughs> it's, the, it's the crap out of we the ball. We need a World Series with him and Altuve. Let's do tail of the tape. Oh, how about that? That would be awesome. Short yeah, guys unite. I'll be there in a heartbeat. All right, Lavelle, there's no good segue to this. We were talking about baseball teams playing in huge games to NFL teams playing in a, well, this is embarrassing oh, for both Lord. of us games. Whatever, God. Let's talk about the game in Chicago tomorrow. Your team, at the very least, is coming off a victory. My favorite team certainly is not. These are two teams that aren't going anywhere. The weather could certainly be a factor. What do you think happens tomorrow? Because the Bears have a number of players injured and out. The Vikings have their best player injured and out. We talked about how the TV markets for baseball might not be happy with who won. Who wants to be carrying this game tomorrow? Obviously, this radio station will be, but from a from a televised number of eyes on this one, the NFL's going, oof. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, Vikings have been disappointing. They thought they were going to take off from last year's uh, success, but I think the football gods are striking them down now because for all the stuff that happened for them last year, it's happening to them this year. <laughs> you know, um, the, the fumbling is baffling. You had the best receiver in football, and he's he's injured now. Um, the defense, even if they, even by adding Brian Flores, who's a credible defensive coach, the defense is still shaky. Uh, that tells you that they got a personnel problem as well as a coaching problem. So, uh, even all that said, I expect the Vikings to win tomorrow because the Bears' defense is horrible. It is horrible. They get no pressure on the quarterback. What they did last week uh, in Washington to me is a outlier because for the most part they they. They have lacked a pass rush. And when you don't have a good pass rush, it affects the second and third levels of your defense. And so I, I'm predicting that the Vikings win this one 27-18. Uh, 27-19. Wow. Lavelle, I love it. You are the best. That's spoken like a Bears fan not expecting their team to win. I bet if you spoke to most Vikings fans, they don't expect their team to win either. But this was a lot of fun. we got to get you to Duluth. We don't have an Alleries up here. But I'm telling you, if you come, I'll roll out a red carpet for you. Let's make it happen. All right, definitely. I'm all for that. All right, absolutely. Stay in touch. Thank you for everything Thanks, once again. Lavelle. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That is Lavelle Neal, the third Star Tribune columnist. Sounded like I inadvertently foreshadowed his column for tomorrow, but that was a blast. Yeah, that was kind of fun. You never get that line. And we do have to make it happen. There's got to be some way we can have it so he can come up and hang out with us. Gee, if only we had a hotel as a sponsor that could put him up. Yes. Oh, wait, we do. And we could take him to a lot of the fine restaurants Duluth has as well. A lot of fun with Lavelle Neal III. We could have it up here. We just had it on the airwaves. Stick around. We're buying Lavelle, but we buy or sell next. We'll be right back. Finding a goodbye. That's what this segment is all about. We're not yet going to say goodbye to Dave Cook. That comes after this segment because you've got to get your way out to the artist formerly known as Public School Stadium because the Saints are home once again. I'm yes, going to miss are. my first Saints football broadcast since the day after I got married, which was 10 years ago. It's tough to not be at the game today. Should be fun. Homecoming for Saints Glass. Homecoming and Hall of Fame. You know, T.A. is going to be in the Hall of Fame right. today, um, as is Stacy Dietrich. I mean, two of our favorites, right? And so it's going to be fun to do a little bit of announcing there, um, telling everybody about them. So today's game against St. Olaf, which kicks off at 
uh, one o'clock would be a uh, place to be. Absolutely. But again, as a good radio host, I got to keep my guests happy. And our previous guest was Duluth East volleyball coach, Susan Schmidt. I'll be with her by one o'clock. Duluth East and Hibbing, JV at one, varsity at 2.30. So if you're looking for sports to take part in today as a fan, there are a lot of options. Speaking of options, buy or sell, we keep it simple here this segment. Options, there are only two. You either buy or you sell. Deal. That sounds like a good one. Is That's it my a job? game you can handle. Is it my job now to pick the uh, category? Well, I'll run through once again because we assume, perhaps incorrectly, but we assume every week that we've got brand new listeners. So if there are folks out there that have never heard <laughs> us do this game before, yes. Yeah, you're <laughs> listening for the first time in almost six years. I'm impressed. But the way the buy or sell works is I'm going to give you a statement on each of the four major men's leagues the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, and Major League Baseball. If you agree with my statement, you say buy, and then you tell me why. If you disagree, perhaps vehemently, with my statement, you say sell, and you tell me why. We've always had fun with this. Dave Cook, yes, your job is as follows. Hot takes galore, which you texted me one earlier this week. You're you're big on that. I never got so many flame emojis (laughs) on my phone in one text thread. So your hot takes... you said it wasn't a hot take. Well, it wasn't. Your hot take... Is one of your requirements. The other, of course, is the order at which we play by ourselves this morning. Twins are done, so let's get Major League out of the way. All right, Major League Baseball. For most of the season, I certainly, I'm not sure if we did, but I certainly raved about the quality of teams in the American League East. They were all good for a very long time. In fact, the Twins were leading the division for the bulk of the season in the AL Central and would have still been in last in the American League East. It didn't end that way, but it certainly went that way via the journey, if you will. Fast forward to the playoffs. The American League East won as many games in the playoffs as the Vikings have Super Bowl rings. Big fat zero. Buy or sell this. The American League East teams were too exhausted from beating each other up throughout the course of the season. Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. They've said that a lot today to both me and you. I'm going to sell that because each team in the East that came out, Baltimore and Toronto, had huge flaws that were taken care of and taken advantage of. But you forgot the Rays, too. Oh, yeah. The Rays probably were tired. See, that's what makes this tough. The Rays should have probably won. Texas has a lot of stars, and they don't always seem to mesh. They only have one. They're the Lone Star State. Go ahead. Don't even. Boom, boom. So the Baltimore was just a bunch of kids, right? And Kyle Gibson. And so they got. Not to be confused with Debbie. Right. Lavelle didn't like my joke. (laughs) They got handled, right? And so that's going to happen to a team that doesn't realize that they should be there, right? Um, And Toronto, Toronto played dumb baseball. You know, that's not that they were tired. I mean, they made a lot of really boneheaded mistakes, in the, and for the Twins' credit, they really didn't. Now, um, tr- uh, Tampa Tampa just felt this like— This one makes you think, doesn't it? Well, Tampa just— I see your wheels turning. Felt like nothing was going there. Dr- I mean, nobody showed up. Beyond April, they weren't right. the same team. They had like, what, 12,000 people in the last game. Come right. on. <laughs> right. So you sell. I sell. I do as well. I'll offer a little bit of a different reason. You covered a lot that I agree with, but— If a division was going to be spent, because you just mentioned Texas, it should have been the American League West teams. They were the ones that the division champion, the wild cards, potentially could have been two of them, but Seattle fell short. They were the teams that had three in contention up until the final weekend. And it was possible for one of them not to make it because I just said it happened to Seattle. The American League East, they may have had contention issues, if you will. Toronto snuck in when Seattle didn't, but those other teams... Tampa and Baltimore, yes, you were playing for division champion or wild card, but you had to be revved up on all cylinders at that point, and the postseason started and they just weren't. So the American League West, to me, should have been the one that spent, and you look at them, 
and they've got two teams in the American League Championship Series. Yeah, it's almost like, and we've said this before, that those teams that have to really hustle and play very well to get there just tend to stay do in really that well. mode. Yes, yeah, so that's the issue. My question was: Were they too beat up from beating each other up, having to play playoff style baseball? When in truth, if you're playing in that mode, you just stay in it. That's yep. what the American League West is no, doing. That I agree with, but I sell the first part. Right. <laughs> we reformulated the question. Buy or sell is fun. One <laughs> league down, three to go. Um, let's go with the let's go with the Wolves. They're up next. They start their season next week, right? All right. The NBA. This actually won't be associated with the Wolves because no, NBA, in truth, yes. I am a week behind on this. We talked about the Wolves so much last week. I kind of just sidestepped this idea, but you and I texted about it. For a while. Dame Lillard was rumored to, could he end up in Minnesota? Close, geographically anyway. He ends up with Giannis in Milwaukee. When you and I first talked about it, you said, Brian, what do you think about it? And I texted you two words, season over. Buy or sell that with Lillard and Giannis on the same team, the NBA is going to be simple. It's the Milwaukee Bucks to lose. That's a that's an interesting question. You almost I'm, called it I'm, good. I'm, I was going to have so I'm, many. Well, because I'm selling it, and I'm actually selling it hardcore. I don't know if they have the player to get those two guys the ball. And if Lillard is if Lillard's going to be ball dominant, I mean, you, you can't expect the, the, the Lillard that carried Portland the last couple of years when they didn't have anybody else, he can't be that guy in Milwaukee. And I think we're saying that guy was so good, you put him with Giannis and all of a sudden you're going to have that. I, it's going to take them a while to get right. connected, and they still have to go through Boston. There's still only one basketball. You're right. The Celtics will have something to say about it. The 76ers will have something to say about it. By the way, the Eastern Conference, last time I checked, was won by Pretty the good. Miami Heat last yep. year. So there's plenty of adversity to get out of their own conference. There's teams out west that will be factors, certainly. I do think on paper, they are probably the best team in the league. The games aren't played on paper. If they have to do what Texas Rangers did to get into the playoffs and play like crazy for the last three or four games in order to get in... That's different because then if that because that team does have enough talent that they're hot, they could rip through some teams. I want to see how Dame Lillard plays, knowing that he can actually dish the ball to someone else. Is he not going to like it or go? This is a luxury I haven't had my entire career. Or how he reacts to being guy number two. That's what I mean. You know, if you're not the alpha, your personality might be, but if you don't have to be the alpha on the floor, do you love it because it's a little more stress free, or is it so foreign to you you have no idea what to do? Yeah, or does it just chap you? Right. right. I mean, does it, it ruin your game? Yeah. Yep. All right. Two down, two to go. All right. Let's go with uh, the Vikings. Let's finish with the new team. All right. The NFL. And this one yes. is associated I'll with the Vikings. The trade deadline in the NFL is normally a nondescript event. The last couple years, it's been a little bit different, but I think it's a far cry from, let's say, Major League Baseball trade deadline. I don't think, although the NFL network exists, I don't think you're going to have a ton of trade deadline specials to tune into when that time comes. But with teams struggling early and with salary caps being where they are for different teams in terms of their situation within it, buy or sell this. Come trade deadline passing in the NFL, you are barely going to recognize portions of the Viking roster. I don't think we're selling the quarterback. That's because of the sport. It's not like trading a pitcher where a pitcher just has to learn to throw the fastball to the the catch a different catcher where Kirk has to relearn an offense. And that's why you never see quarterback, not never, but very, very, very seldom see quarterbacks change teams in the middle of the year. So I don't think Kirk's going anywhere, but that defensive line, that pass rush, if you're going to tell me that they could be drastically different, if somebody comes and blows, that's why I said roster. I don't think Kirk's going anywhere either, but there are other elements. If you told me that somebody was going to blow you away for Harrison Smith, you make that trade. Um, I mean, if somebody called for O'Neal, you might have to think about, you're not trading Derrissaw, 
But if somebody came and said third round for O'Neal, you might think about it. That's the other thing. In the NFL, first round draft picks are very seldom traded because they're so valuable um, that you're not going to get a first for Hunter. You're not going to get a first for Kirk. You're not going to get a first for Harry. Um, you might get a first for a guy like O'Neal. And so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think that, I think that, um, Hunter's going to be gone, but I think you'll recognize the rest of the roster. All right. I'm going to buy that. You might not recognize the defense because I do think Daniel Hunter's going to go as well. I think it's the right thing to do to not have to worry about this one year at a time and for and the money that he's going to demand in a defense that is underachieving as a unit. Why put that much money into one guy that statistically might look all right, but in the proverbial eye test doesn't do as much for you as he used to. I think Jordan Hicks might be one of the worst players on that defense. Oh, if yeah. anybody calls for him, I'm receiving that call. Harrison Smith, I don't know, because to me it's kind of in the same ilk as Kirk, where that's legitimately giving up. Now, some of the fan base might understand if they do it, but the only true leader to me that you have on that defense is Harrison Smith. I don't know if you can get rid of that, especially with the exotic schemes that Brian Flores likes to use. A player like Harrison Smith is probably needed. Yeah, I'm gonna, I wrote it down. I gave it to you. I would love to hear Vincey's take on Lewis Seen. Because if they think Seen is still a player, if they can get something really good for Harrison, it's probably time. But if already, if in Vency's point of view, if if Seen is already a bust because he hasn't started at any point in his career, um, then you can't. I'll tell you this. If you can get a game-used football by any NFL legend in exchange for Ed Ingram, make that trade. Ingram's been okay the last two weeks. Well, and you're right. The offensive line in general, the narrative has been, oh, they're terrible. Statistically, they don't look all that bad. And I think the hallmarks of that line, that is the good play at tackle of O'Neal and Darius. So I'm not touching either one of them. All right, so we've got one left. Deal, Madison. Uh, give me the give me the wild. I would love to have the good NHL. Good choice, because that is the only one left. <laughs> that is a very good choice. All right, we often talk about, we brought it up in the first segment today to open the show when we were defining success. We often talk about the unconditional love that the Minnesota Wild get in this state because of the sport that it is, and this is the state of hockey, what have you. They might be tired of the one-and-dones, but the fans come out in droves all the time. And we also talked about the Timberwolves with the proverbial Mendoza line of Minnesota sports expectations. This is kind of a combo platter, buy or sell, and I just threw it under the Wild NHL category. Buy or sell that for the first time in seemingly eons, the Minnesota Wild should have lower expectations on their team and among their fans than their Timberwolves winter counterpart? Um, yes, sort of. I think the phrase for me would be excitement. I think the Timberwolves have more excitement because they have, uh, they're on the, on the upswing, right? But as far as expectations of what success looks like, I think the Wild are still going to have that because there is this level of expectation, right? That they, if they don't hit a mark, and it's probably 95 points, right? It will be seen as a failure. Now, the Timberwolves, if they host a home game, right? Everybody, and you and I included, will be celebrating the fact that they're at home. Uh, I think at home court advantage for yes, a series, yeah. Yep. And so I think that the Timberwolves have much more excitement. I don't think they have higher expectations. See, I'm going to buy that they do have higher expectations. I don't know who you need to talk to in the state to prove it because as far as your excitement mantra, most of this state just isn't going to give it to you. The Timberwolves do give you more reasons to be excited, but you and I are the rare breed that loves both sports. We have too much divisiveness there when it comes to I love hockey, I love basketball, there's not enough overlap. But when I look at that team and I look at 
You know, where are they investing? Where are the players in terms of prime of their career? The Timberwolves just have better options, quite frankly. Now, Dave Hoops made a great point that, you know, the NHL is more of a coin flip. And yes, they have a number of teams that make the playoffs. So does the NBA. But there's a lot less star power on one or two teams in the NHL compared to the NBA, where we know the stars reside in about one quarter of the teams. Yeah, no, you're right. But you also mentioned probably the first thing of the day is the the Wilds defensive options make them they're going to win games purely because they're better defensively than the rest of the team. If they continue to grow, they and, will. And they just have to score. The The Timberwolves are an unknown on both sides. You know, it, can they play defense? We just don't know that. And we know that Ant can score. And we know that Towns can score. We don't know if they can do it together. And But they're the, the cap for that Wolves team, if they start believing in themselves, they could make a serious run. And I don't think the Wild have that horsepower in a short series to make that kind of run. But they do have enough to be a 95-point uh, team. I think the one spot where they're super similar is they've both got a lot of depth, but they've got a lot of above-average depth. There's yes. not a huge drop-off, but you don't go to the next guy and go, that's a budding star as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays. But again, keep in mind, 82-0 and is still in play. The Wilder 1-0, and they play tonight. I believe they are at Toronto as part of their Canadian road trip. Speaking of a road trip, you are about to make one down to, again, the artist formerly known as Public School Stadium. It's the Saints and the Oles homecoming football for Saints Scholastica. I don't get to join you today. That's going to feel different. I'll say hi to Vency for you. Good show by you once again. Yeah, it was a nice, a nice show today, Brian. Thank you very much. Do say hi to Vency. I got the question for you. And, yeah, homecoming and Hall of Fame day down at the stadium where I got confused by the guy's name. I mixed him up. Now, my public speaking teacher back in high school, Cheryl Jensen, one of my favorite teachers, always said, when you give a speech at the end, tie it back into the beginning. So my last question for you, we started the day defining success. You're leaving the show for the week. Do you define this show as a success? Oh, yeah. Lavelle made this show a success. He was great. Had nothing to do with us, but I'll buy that this show is a success. <laughs> Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, we say goodbye to Dave Cook. I'll stick around and have Vincey Glenn join me for the final segment. We will preview Vikings Bears Skull to the bowl suddenly looks like the toilet bowl. Stick around. We'll be right back. Oh, yeah. It's the safety dance once again, which means my favorite safety is right around the corner. Vency Glenn will join us for drawing lines, courtesy of Aurora Architecture Studio, one of our many great sponsors here on the Northland Sports page, including Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings of Duluth, Kraus Heating and Cooling, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, The Blackwoods Group, Avenue 45, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, and our friends at Comfort Systems. I'll tell you what, when it comes to comfort, I've become very comfortable over the last several years chatting football with Vincey Glenn each and every Saturday. He joins us again. Good morning, 2-5. How are we doing? I'm good. It's nice and sunny out here in California. <laughs> yeah, I cannot say the same for at least northeastern Minnesota up in Duluth today, but that's all right. For the middle of October, I'm not completely dissatisfied with the weather that we've had. I'll tell you this, though. I am dissatisfied with my favorite football team as they are 1-4, going to Chicago tomorrow. First thing I want to talk about with you is we've talked about how the game has changed over the years and this nuance and this nuance are different. One thing that's not different is clock management gets talked about all the time. The last couple of weeks, this is as disorganized as I've seen the Minnesota Vikings or any NFL team when it comes to clock management failing over and over. That's it. Oh, just knowing the, the nuances of the game is very important. And People think guys just go out there and play the game. But you have to be a student of the game. You have to be a uh, – it's called situational awareness, they call it. 
and guys just not aware of what's going on in the game, what's going on on the field, who's on the field, and things like that. And you just get caught up in the hype that you're not managing the clock and managing the game, which is part of football. I think that's well said. Continuing with nuances and changes in the game, stadiums have looked different and things being state-of-the-art. And then you've got Soldier Field that's been around forever. You played there many times. What were trips to Chicago like? What were the fans like? What was the Soldier Field experience? Well, I played in the old Soldier Field. This is the new one they have, but it's pretty much in the same spot. Right. And it's cold. <laughs> when it's windy, it's cold. And it's a tough place to play. Great crowds. Uh, the wind can definitely uh, hinder a lot of things in the throwing game if it's a windy day. But other than that, it's just good old-fashioned football on grass. And uh, you, you got to love that. Speaking of good old-fashioned football, the mobility that Fields offers at the quarterback position for Chicago is very different than, obviously, Kirk Cousins doesn't have that same element to his game for Minnesota. So Cousins looks like the more old-fashioned quarterback in that sense, but mobility is such a key factor these days, and this defense has struggled for Minnesota. What is the play like, and what is the biggest difference at safety when you've got a quarterback that loves to get out and use his legs? Well, the one thing is that he could beat you at any time because if he's moving, you have to pick up a receiver and you have to get eyes on the receiver and then back to the quarterback. But when the quarterback's always moving, that means you can't keep your eyes on the quarterback and the receiver. So you become become what they call chase mode. So you just try to grab a man and, and lock on to him. But if you have a quarterback that big and that fast, he can run up down the field right behind you, you know? So you don't want that to happen as well. So, you know... I would be more concerned about his legs than his passing ability. Uh, if I'm a safety going into this game, he's going to make some plays using his legs because he's a great athlete. But other than that, uh, I would definitely make him beat me uh, throwing the ball. Chatting with Vincey Glenn, my favorite safety, good Viking safety during the 90s. Number 25 is with us once again. Vincey, you have preached to me over and over that when it comes to secondary play, you can't single out individual players, but you've got a great relationship with me. You've got a great relationship with Dave Cook. Dave had to leave again, but he did leave me a question for you. A year ago, not this past year in the draft, when the Vikings took wide receiver Jordan Addison, but the year prior, they took safety Lewis Seen. And Lewis Seen has been having an injury-riddled career, but even while he's been recovering, he's had a difficult time being on the field. So the question from Dave is simple. Is Lewis Seen a bust or not? My simple answer was we haven't seen enough to know. But how do you know when a safety does or does not have what it takes? Well, I don't, I don't like to ever say someone's injuries is a bust, but it can definitely hamper or hinder your, your, uh, your confidence level. And this is the pros. This is not college. You know, you can be all the hype you want in college, but these guys are the pros, the grown men. They're the best at what they do, and they don't care about your feelings. And you have to find a way to get on the field and get better. And if you can't find that combination, you're going to have a short NFL career and they're going to call you a bust, especially if you're a high-round draft source in one, two, or three. You have to perform at a certain level. And here's the difference is that these guys are not preparing their bodies, and I said this to you before, to go 16, 17, 18, 19 weeks. They stay hurt. They It's like a track meet and – these guys are getting hurt and they're missing games. And ultimately, it's going to cost them money down the line as far as people paying them and saying, hey, I need you for 16, 17 games. You're only giving people 10 games a year. That's not good, you know, when you know that you're hurt. And once people put that label on, you're always hurt. 
they're not going to spend money on you and put a lot of confidence in you. So uh, being on the field is a big part of being a professional uh, athlete. As they say, sometimes the best ability is availability. I think of you every time I see injury reports released and the number of names on every team seems to be growing by the week. So these things do happen. I want to talk to you about something you phrased just a moment ago, not caring about your feelings. And it segues nicely into the trade deadline is coming up. And again, the NFL trade deadline is never going to be mistaken for Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball, it's always a huge deal. You've got TV specials with it and whatnot. Maybe we'll see more movement at the deadline. Obviously, I think Christian McCaffrey, that big deal to San Francisco was right around then a year ago. But when you played, did something like that even get discussed? Once you're in the season, you're in the season. You don't figure you're going anywhere, do you? Man, I, man, I, can, I, I can't say it didn't happen, but trading for somebody in the middle of the season, no, they either got released or cut, and then we picked them up. I've seen that a gazillion times, but actually trading for somebody you knew back then, you knew who your team was and you knew who you were going to battle with, and that's comforting. When you got guys coming in and out throughout the year, you know, to fill gaps and things like that, that means that either your team's not performing at a high level or you got a lot of guys hurt. And either way, that's not good for the team. So uh, a trading and not having what you want going into the season and trying to pick up parts, yeah, you always try to get a little better uh, as you get into the season. But to me, that's just patchwork, uh, going out trading for guys because most teams already know what they need and the kind of chemistry they need to be successful that year. I agree with you. It doesn't feel like a recipe for success. It feels like grasping at straws a little bit. Speaking of trying to get better, the Vikings are trying to do that. The record's not showing it. Obvious problems on this team, but week in and week out, have you seen anything from this team that leads you to believe a corner could be turned? Obviously, they've got their best player now on IR and Justin Jefferson, but we started the show with defining success or finding success even in bleak times. Do the Vikings have anything where you think, ah, they should be excited about this? I, I, this team, you know, man, I always start with the leaders. What kind of leaders do you have on the team? What kind of guys do you have to get the young guys? Who are they on this team? That's a great question. Yeah, exactly. And when your quarterback is not the leader of your team, now I would say uh, Harrison Smith is a leader, you know, but he can only do so much from the defensive side of the ball. When you sit there and I'll go back to it. I don't, you know, I don't like to talk about this. It's just hard to fathom that they put so much emphasis on two players on the Minnesota Vikings that when one of them go down, now you're asking everybody else to become these super players to get you out of the hole when you had the great guys right there and they couldn't get you out of the hole. And I just think the way this team is jumping around the passing game and no running game and depending on one guy to win every week, has got them in the situation that, 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 that we're in. And you can't sit there and ask defensive guys to go out week in and week out and play their butts off when your offense is not the kind of offense that can keep you in the game and you don't know what you're going to get. I call it a potluck offense. They look for the big play from Jefferson every week, and now that's gone. Now what does Cousins do? He never threw it to nobody else, and now they're <laughs> talking about T.J. Hawkinson. He's not that kind of a threat. He's not a Travis Kelsey. He's not a George Kittle. He's not. I like him, but he's not that kind of guy. So now he's not going to help you move the ball up and down the field like Jefferson did, giving you 15, 20 yards or 40 at a pop. 
So it's two different things. And now you have to get guys to play that kind of football, which is, man, we, 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 that's not our DNA. So it becomes difficult as a team trying to find your identity week five. I agree with you. Last question, because we've just got about a minute left. Again, we're with Vincey Glenn, all part of Drawing Lines, courtesy of a Roll Architecture Studio. The Vikings are playing a bad football team. Now, mind you, they are among the bad football teams in the league so far this year. But they're playing a bad football team tomorrow. The last time they were playing a bad football team, they were going to Carolina. And you basically said if they don't beat Carolina, there's a locker room problem. Is it that simple again tomorrow, or is it different because it's a divisional game? It's, it's the same thing. They're a better football team than the Chicago Bears. If they don't go out and prove that, I don't care without Jefferson. They're, they're still a better football team as a collective group. And if you don't go out and play 60 minutes of football and put that together, you could lose to anybody. It's the NFL. These guys are pros. They get paid on the other side of the ball as well. And you can't go out there with a lackluster attitude. It's like, do you like that? <laughs> no, we don't like that. We like W's. W's take care of everything. And if you're not winning, don't tell me how good you are. I love that, Vinci. You always tell us how it is, and you tell it like it is, and I love every minute of it. We will talk again, I'm sure probably as soon as today or even tomorrow, but we'll talk on the radio again next week. As always, I appreciate your time, my friend. Hey, real quick, Phil Dave, he came up with another doozy question. I like it. <laughs> All right, I'll have him keep feeding you, even if he's not around for you, but I'll always be there for you, just like you are for me. I really appreciate it. Anytime, pal. You got it. All right. That's our guy, Vincey Glenn. And that is already a show for today. Time flies when you're having fun here on the Northland Sports Page. We continue to have fun. Lots of fun today with Dave Cook, with Dave Hoops, with Susan Schmidt of Duluthies Volleyball, with Lavelle Neal III of the Star Tribune, and, of course, with Vincey Glenn, the former Viking safety. Have a good weekend. Tune in tomorrow. Time for two more. Follows Vikings fan line. Hopefully a win over the Bears. Dave Cook is in for Steve Patosha. I'll be back again. See you.